0: This is Aussie Mac Zone. We'll cover everything Apple, including Macs, iPhones, iPads, and more. All this from an Aussie perspective. Sit back, relax, insert yourself into the zone. The Aussie Mac Zone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to show 384, Aussie Mac Zone 384. Uh, No Zahn again tonight. Um... We did try to do it last night, but even then he got called away for home duties. So not a problem. Grandkids are more important. His kids, my grandkids, are more important. So I'm sorry to say that if you're a diehard listener, but you know what I mean. Now, our Aussie Apple ramblings this week. Now, where have I Oh, That's right, I've got a. So I... I sent an email to ABC iview and the reply I got said the email sorry the email said why I will have to sign in to the service I currently do not have to sign into because the new ABC streaming we're going to have to have an account and sign in so We are lucky enough for ABC audience support to get back to us. And what about if we do it that way? Yeah, that's good. So ABC audience support, ABC help. Hi, Michael. Thank you for contacting the ABC and thank you for your feedback. Requiring audiences to log into an ABC account helps us continue and improve our services for all Australians. It means that we can understand what people are engaging with and we can make sure we are providing content and features for everyone. It also enables us to provide all the great features people expect from video streaming services, like saving your favourite programme to a watch list and continue watching where you left off. The ABC conducted video-on-demand research last year with a nationally representative sample of over 1,500 people. 95% of the ABC iView audiences claim to want features that make up a personalized experience e.g. add favorite programs to a watchlist, pick up where they left off across devices, and notifications of new episodes of your favorite programs. Requiring audiences to log in allows us to provide these services. This decision to require audiences to log in is not a commercial one, but one will ensure our content and products remain relevant to the future. You may be able to continue using ABC iView without logging into your ABS account if you follow. The link you will find a list of devices and TVs that can log into ABC iView. If your model of TV or your device cannot log into ABC iView, you will need to log in to watch programs on ABC iView. You can also watch programs on ABC iView on your smart TV via Freeview Plus without logging in. You will, of course, also be able to continue to watch our free-to-air television channels, as well as access to other ABC websites and apps, including ABC News. For more information, please read the article. Why will I have to log into the ABC iView? So, there's our answer. Uh, I'm glad they got back to me really promptly, too. Better than any of the telcos getting back to you, let me tell you. and I agree. Like I watch, I watch a lot of ABC because the ads drive me crazy on commercial networks. Like, unbelievable how many ads there are. Um, I do understand the ABC. You know, they put ads for their own shows, but yeah. Um. So, thank you to the ABC for getting back to us so promptly. It was great. Now. Did I have another one? Yes, I think I did. Sorry, because I'm doing it all on my own again. I get confused. There we go. Now, iOS 14.6 was released with new features and bug fixes. Mac Price's reports, Apple has today released iOS 14.6, the newest software update for iPhone with new features and bug fixes. While iPad also receives the same with the release of iPad OS 14.6, the release does bring several new features the support for subscriptions to podcasts and more. For Apple Podcasts, channels and individual shows can now choose to implement an ad free subscription model for their listeners. Recently released AirTag iPhone accessories also gained some new refinements. It's now possible to add an email address rather than a phone number to an AirTag. So when put in Loss Mode, a person can scan the AirTag. tag. Um, they can make contact via their email listed, it is still possible to add a phone number. Apple Music also gains support for spatial audio and lossless audio just a couple of weeks ago uh, which was released a couple of weeks ago. While it brings support it won't be possible to access the new audio formats until June. Other fixes and refinements also include unlock with Apple Watch may not work after using lock on iPhone on the Apple Watch. Reminders may appear as blank lines. Call blocking may appear in settings. Bluetooth devices could sometimes disconnect or send audio to a different device during an active call. iPhone may experience reduced performance during startup. So there's a few things that have been hopefully rectified with 14.6. Talking about blocking numbers. (laughs) I got a spam call yesterday from myself, amazingly. It said it was me making the phone call. And it was a spam cooler. So I was astounded. Anyway. Now there is uh, let me just think here for a minute. Yeah. Story number three. DUG technology sets sight on building carbon free data centres in WA's Geraldton area. ZNET reports Doug Technology said its Geraldton based HPC campus will be completely powered by solar and wind. Plans to install an on site hydrogen battery system are also being investigated. Now, software firm Doug Technology has revealed plans to build a carbon free high performance HPC campus powered by renewable energy in West Australia's coastal city of Geraldton. The facility will be situated on 45 hectares of land and will feature an initial 6 megawatt data hall and a capacity of more than 200 petaflops. The company said there are plans to expand the campus to a multi-exaflop scale once its proposed 10 data halls are commissioned. The company further added the campus would utilise Doug's patented immersion cooling technology with the plan to ultimately power the site using solar and wind. The installation of an on-site hydrogen battery system is also being investigated, the company said. The majority of our clients are very concerned about climate change. This often manifests itself as questions asked about our carbon footprint in project discussions and tenders. Oil and gas companies are keen to maintain their social licence to operate and want this to be a part of be part of their future the company told ZDNet. The focus of our clients outside of the oil and gas industry is equally often on the carbon footprint of HPC. The cost of power generated by renewables in Geraldton is also less than the cost of power off the grid. This decision is very good for business and the planet. According to the company the appeal to build Geraldton in Geraldton is because the city is considered to be one of the world's premier renewable energy regions plus the site will be close to the city's TAFE which has an AARNET fiber connection latency and is only 3.2 milliseconds from Geraldton to Perth. So there you go another fantastic site and Geraldton obviously being on the coast you got the wind power and plenty of sun. Yeah the Zahn did have some gaming, but we'll save that for him. Uh, Maybe not next week, but the week after. Uh, Because we've got Apple's... Next week, we've got the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, story four. South Australia to get a $70 million Australian data centre from DCI. Zednet again, boosting DCI's load in Adelaide's Kidman Park to 5.4 megawatt by mid-2022. DCI data centres last week announced plans for what it has called the state's most energy-efficient, secure data centre facility. With a $70 70 investment, DCI said the new facility is in response to the growing needs of local business and government. Demand for data centre capacity and secure cloud edge services are rapidly increasing across Australia. Our customers are seeking certainty, flexibility and sustainability. All critical for them to scale and rapidly respond to market demand. This facility has all three, DCI Australia and New Zealand CEO Malcolm Rowe said. The new data centre will be the first of its kind in South Australia. It will provide mission-critical support to some of the state's priority growth sectors, including the local defence, space and high-tech industries, offering the highest levels of security so they can conduct business with certainty using local infrastructure. The the company currently boasts two data centres in Australia, one in Eastern Creek in Sydney's west and the other in Adelaide's western suburb of Kidman Park. Site capacity at Kidman Park will be increased by 4 megawatt, taking it up to 5.4 megawatt total IT load with SCEC Zone 3 and SCEC Zone 5 security options. It's hoping the facility will set industry benchmarks for water and energy efficiency, which is great to hear of course. Because all that is important these days. Well, it's always been important, just that some of it got overlooked, didn't it? Unfortunately. Pardon me a minute. Now, I think this is a great little story about our man, Mr. Jobs. This was Steve Jobs' most important observation when he returned to Apple. It changed everything. Inc.com reports it had nothing to do with the products. The return of Steve Jobs to the role of Apple CEO in 1997, it could be argued, was most, one of the most important moments in the history of business. At the time, it would have been hard to foresee just how influential influential apple would become it's not an overstatement to say the company was in a pretty rough shape it was in 1997 that Jodge stood on stage and told the company's loyal fans that the company had taken a 150 million dollar investment from microsoft one of its most fierce rivals it was the same year that dell's ceo michael dell said that if he were leading the company he would shut it down and give the money back to shareholders Obviously, Jobs didn't shut the company down. Instead, he began working on a string of iconic products like iMac, the iPod, and what would become Mac OS X. But there was another move Jobs made in that first year back at Apple that might have been just as important. For context, this came up during the testimony of current CEO Tim Cook in the trial over Epic's lawsuit against Apple just last week. Cook was explaining that it was impossible to fully paint a picture of the app store's profib- profitability because the company doesn't track every expense that way. Cook said that this was because he didn't want various divisions argue, arguing about where costs should be allocated because that would be unproductive. He went on to say that it was Jobs' idea. At the time, every business unit had its own profit and loss statement and the divisions regularly fought over where to allocate costs. Each each manager was primarily concerned whether their unit showed a profit, regardless of whether the company itself was healthy or profitable. The company was losing $1 billion a year at the time, but every division was reporting that they were profitable. So how can that be? Now Jobs not only eliminated every general manager but also put the entire company on a single profit and loss statement. To Cook's point, there are costs that are shared among different areas of the business and there's nothing productive about having them arguing and fighting over where the cost should be attributed. Maybe more important, the fact that Apple isn't organised by a business unit, but rather by function, helps insulate those teams from financial pressures. Freeing them to think in terms of what is best for the product and ultimately what is best for the customer. Uh, very simple thought, very simple. And um, obviously, it made a big difference. I'm very biased, and I love the company. So, but you all know that I am very biased. Now, Apple Entrepreneur Camp participants break barriers on their coding journeys. One story from the camp, Hopscotch founder Samantha John wanted to create an app that ignited imaginations of young girl coders. Hopscotch is a code learning app that enables kids to learn to think creatively and learn the fundamentals of coding by building their own games, art and stories. Kids and teens can publish their creation to Hopscotch's fully moderated community where they can play and learn together. John first learned the power of code through her coursework in college, but she noticed that a lot of her male friends had learned coding much earlier. I wanted to make something for little me, says John. All my male coder friends had learned when they were kids, and it had not been something on my radar. I wanted to change that for the next generation. To further develop their apps and learn more about powerful new tools and resources for their businesses, both Garrison and John attended Apple Entrepreneur Camp. Launched in 2019, the Apple Entrepreneur Camp is an immersive tech lab designed for app-driven companies founded and led by developers from underrepresented backgrounds in the field. Initial cohorts, um, sorry, I just remembered, sorry about that, that one. is the picture I should have up now. Initial cohorts include 100 women innovators and their teams from 42 countries. As part of the company's racial equality and justice initiative, Apple welcomed the program's first cohort of black founders and developers earlier this year. It was amazing getting to work at Apple at the new Apple campus and having access to all the resources there, said John. I think my, my, my favourite part was when I got to work on a bug with a WebGL, in WebGL, with the actual engineer who maintains it for Apple. So you're going right to the root level and you're getting like someone who knows what they're doing to talk to you about it and understand why and how. So that's terrific. And there's more on, of course, every one of these stories, there's more on the show notes. Um, So, yeah, I haven't got any more to say, really, this week. Don't forget, next week, Tuesday morning, 3 a.m. Sydney time, the Apple Developers Conference, the keynote speech, will be on live and it's on Apple TV, it's on YouTube, it's on a few other places. of course you just look for it. Um, there's plenty of other people who will be blogging along and commenting on it live as it happens and we will have uh, the Aussie Mac page on Apple News. We'll have a full rundown of what was said and we will discuss it in next week's show. And we may even have a third person to talk to on the show, which would be good, won't it? So we're looking forward to that. Um, I know it's just me talking at the moment, but that's because, unfortunately, Zah's not here to do the show. Sign off with these fantastic words. So we'll just rock along with it. And we look forward to talking to you all again next week so we go here